This time on One Song, we're talking about a pop classic that draws its influences from far and wide. That's right. It's a three-minute and 18-second global pop pastiche masterpiece. (laughs) It's an India via California surf rock spy pop song written by three Swedes and one Brit for an American Brit. (laughs) An American Brit. I love it. It's Toxic by Britney Spears. Let's get into it. I'm writer, actor, director, and sometimes DJ D'Ella Riddle. And I am producer, DJ, and songwriter, Luxury, also known as the guy who talks about interpolation. Luxury, I've always said, a guy like you should wear a warning. You're dangerous. I understand. And we're falling in love with your TikToks. Listen, <laughs> let me let me be very, I, I very clear <laughs> today. And I appreciate Because it. I'm so excited to talk about Toxic. I'm so excited. Me too. Because I know that... I know from your TikTok that this is a song that you've thought so much about. <laughs> it's really funny. I think it might be unexpected to some people. You know, we do the New Order and the Smiths and We're whatever. so cool. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to break the idea that, like, what we talk about on this show is cool songs only. But right. if we do, like, remember that Toxic, today was the day, if you didn't already know, yeah. Britney Spears has entered the pantheon yes, of cool, high art pop music. This was the song that, for me, crossed mm-hmm. the line, crossed over into, like, this is sublime. Yeah. This isn't just a throwaway piece of pop fluff. This is high art. This is a great all-timer of a song. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, listen, it's Britney Spears. She's one of the highest-selling big pop stars of all time. So you knew we had to do a one song about it. I'm so excited to dive into this. Britney Spears, Toxic, here on One Song. Let's do this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. (laughs) So before we get into the stems and all these fun reference points... You actually have some really interesting insight into how pop songs are crafted. I mean, the funny thing is that before I was doing this show and before I was on TikTok, I actually started as a musician first. My demo got signed to a publishing deal, and it meant that I had a whole new career in Hollywood as a ghostwriter for pop musicians. Or I should clarify, as that was the goal of the job. (laughs) The success of it is, you know, remains to be seen. Maybe one of the hundred songs I did co-writes for will become a hit someday. You some some fun co-writes. There was one used in a TV show, I believe. Yeah, I mean, so probably the most famous, the job was try and write a hit for, you know, that week it would be J-Lo's looking, Bieber is looking. Like, you would get this list of who needs songs because the way the pop writing game works, it's a bit like film where you sort of see the 
singer out in front. Yeah. And sometimes they participate in the songwriting, but sometimes they don't. A lot of times those songs are written for them in the background, in the back rooms of Hollywood by people like me. And in, in, in the world of, of how this works, it's usually a top liner who's a vocal melody and lyric specialist right. and a track guy who's the music specialist. So every week I would meet five, six, seven new people that were top liners. And oh. we would work together to try and write hits for, again, whoever was looking that week. J-Lo's looking, Britney's looking, whatever it is. And that was a really fun job for a while that I did not fully succeed in, <laughs> insofar as the goal is to get cuts and to have your songs released on the album. Mm -hmm. Didn't quite work that way for me. That is so interesting. I got to ask, so no necessarily no, no big hits, but did you write for any of those people? <laughs> Justin or here's my closest I, I, actually i say justin like there's only one justin timberlake justin bieber like did you write for any of those people so the closest i got to a hit single <laughs> it's not even not even on the charts it was in a, a tv show mm -hmm. it was in an episode of csi miami and actually no this way. is what i love about the song is that the song's <laughs> lyric was if that's love then i'm gone and in the episode <laughs> there's a teenager who's like a hannah montana type character okay. she's a singer and she she's sings, like a pop star she's like a pop star uh -huh. and she's wearing glasses and she's really moody and unhappy mm -hmm. and that's she sings that on stage and then she blows up how does she if, wait that's like, if that's love then i'm gone spontaneously combust spontane I, I think it was engineered <laughs> she blow up so it wouldn't be spontaneously combust technically it would be it was engineered to look like she was dying but then she escaped if i if i remember the oh, plot she was faking her own death she was faking her own death this is a to fascinating escape, episode of csi miami to escape i thought you're gonna be like you know, from like, the fame monster running along the beach like i don't know how to write a song for csi miami hey i so i i think you're bringing all this up because this and relating back to toxic, are you saying that Britney Spears didn't sit down by the beach, pad in one hand, pin in another, and pin the lyrics for toxic? There's a lot of ways to skin a cat in this game, but she did not do the kind of classic. <laughs> you have the vision of like, you know, maybe Elton John sitting at the piano and like laboring. Actually, in his case, it's a bad example because someone else is writing his lyrics for him. But is he, that true? Oh yeah, I don't. Oh, man. Bernie Taupin <sighs> is the guy who writes lyrics and slips them under the door, and then Elton John, all he has to do is show up, look at the lyrics sheet, and go <laughs> doop a doop a doop boop. Goodbye, Norma Jean. Hey, all the Elton John fans, save. Don't send us the angry emails. <laughs> I don't think Elton Leave John does. Leave the comment section alone. I don't think Elton John just does doop a doop a doop. -a -doop. <laughs> so where do you start? Like, where do you? What comes first when you are trying to write a song? So that's kind of what one extreme would be like the the artist sitting in a room like hashing it out. And at the other extreme would be this kind of team of people, again, with the movie analogy, writing for the star. Like, Or, or on yeah. another episode of this show, we talk about Break My Soul and the Renaissance album. It sounds yeah. like that was another case where people got into a big room. That's right. There's collaborators and, yeah. and there's throwing out ideas. And in Britney's case, it's even more extreme than that. Because as we'll talk about in a minute, as we go through the story of the song, she was kind of the last person to participate in the process of going okay. from track to singing. To singing. So tell us how this process went for Toxic. The origin of this song is, so we know that Britney Spears and Sweden have a connection. So her career begins with Max Martin, the just like ultimate Swedish pop. He's the biggest yeah. hit maker of He's our time. He's the guy who worked with Backstreet and all this. And it's actually kind of surprising to me. I always forget that not everybody knows that name, but in like in the world of songwriting and producers, he is the number one guy. There's no bigger person in 2023 and, 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 than Max Martin. Backstreet Boys, right? He did Backstreet Boys. He did, well, Hit Me One More Time, I think, was his Britney, was hit, one of his first, debuts yeah. as well as Britney's debut. And the number <laughs> of number ones this, guy's ha this guy yeah. 
that Max Martin has is is off the charts. And relevantly, he is a Swedish man because his, his hold on English is not amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I I, did, I alluded a minute ago to how I co-wrote a song for that CSI Miami show. Yeah. My co-writer, and I'm glad that I get a chance to mention her, Bonnie McKee, one of the great songwriters of our time. This was my one brush with greatness that we wrote together. Because in the next room, at the same time, she was, as we were both baby songwriters, she was writing Katy Perry's hit record. She was writing California Girls by Katy Perry. Seriously. And Teenage Dream, yes. Those were huge tracks. Huge tracks. And Teenage Dream. I had the fortune, the good fortune of writing with her. Uh, she went on to fame and fortune with those tracks. The reason I'm thinking of Bonnie McKee because of Max Martin is because they worked together with Katy, among other people. And she told me that the way Max works is with phonemes. So his specialty, we talked about the kind of assembly line yeah. group of people that make songs together as a, as a team, like a film crew mm-hmm. making Barbie, right? It's, it's kind of like that with these big pop stars. So there's a track guy I mentioned in the room. There's usually a lyrics melody guy. When you get to this level of pop songwriting, not only is, the top liner starts to get split into multiple experts. So you have somebody who might be a lyrics expert. You have somebody who might be a melody expert. And what's fascinating about Max Martin's expertise, apparently, according to my friend Bonnie, uh-huh. who's worked with him, is his expertise is phonemes. He knows exactly the right sound. <laughs> that not goes a word, there, right. But the exact right sound that you want to hit in this moment, in this melody. I believe And that. it's called music math. And there's a whole lot of stuff on the internet where yep. people are trying to break down the music math people of this hit maker. trying to train AI to write the perfect song. That's but that makes so next, much sense right. because it's like... You know, if you sing gibberish, like, you know, one of my favorite things is listening to the demo uh, tracks that artists will perform. I'm thinking specifically of, like, uh, an early Michael Jackson version of Billie Jean where, like, he's not even singing words. He's yeah. just kind of singing, like, sounds. She told me I was alone and I to say She called my name then said hello all the and like, right. so he knows the sound that's supposed to go there, even if he doesn't know the word. And you don't have to speak a language well to, you know, know that, oh, that's what sound goes there. So then that's you end right. up with some of these nonsensical yeah. lyrics that all these like pop groups were coming out with in the in the Max Martin heyday. It was just like, that lyric makes no sense. Yeah, but it sounds good. Most songwriters that I know personally, like who are kind of not singer songwriters, for example, that are more maybe lyrics first. Yeah. But in this game where you're kind of playing with sound, almost my, and myself included, I will always try to find my top line melody and lyric starting with nonsense phonemes. I'm just going <laughs> to, I step up to the mic and I've already got a music bed and just like, sa-da-da, zoo cat cat Like, you know, it's like, it's this like sort of scatting thing. I'm Ella Fitzgerald up there, you know? <laughs> Saw a girl, she had a cat cat. <laughs> <laughs> but so often you do that and like a handful of yeah. things are start to paint a picture and you're like, this song is about a girl with a cat cat. <laughs> <laughs> just to get us back to Toxic. This is a different Swede, in fact, group of Swedes that she wrote with. Uh, she wrote this song with Bloodshy and Avant, who, as producers, they've done just incredible stuff for Britney Spears and other pop singers. But they also, their side project is Mike Snow, which is a great, in its own which right, Which I think is Mike Snow. I was always saying it was right? Mikkei, yeah. That's why that. the double I and the E. That would explain with the yeah. whole like Swedish thing. No, okay. but I mean, like seriously, like I'm one of those people like animals? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Mikkei Snow, really, if you don't know him... Go listen to them. They have incredible music. I, I think that you know some of their albums and songs from like I would say 2010, 2011, really just great Animal. stuff. Animal, I remember that oh, was Animal. The, yeah. Such a good song. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we were talking a little bit about how the pop music sausage gets made. <laughs> the Swedish pop music. In this case, we have some special Swedish meatball sausage. There you go. That we're about to delve into. In this case, the uh, Swedish production duo Bloodshine Avant wow. came up with this track, and we're gonna we're gonna dig into the track now and and show you what they did. So. Um, one thing that's kind of was fun for me on this track yeah. is as like a musicologist, archaeologist, is that this is the most complicated group of stems I've ever encountered for two really? reasons. Really? Number one, I have 300 separate audio files that I had to dig through. And it's really fun because there's lots of outtakes. There's lots of experimentation. Mm. There's a lot of questions were answered. We're going to get into the baseline in a minute. But on the internet, some people think it's a synth. It is definitely not a synth. It's definitely a bass guitar. I, oh, I have well. the evidence right here. Let's the, hear the evidence. The other thing is that a lot of these stems are tagged in Swedish. So <laughs> I'm not 100% <laughs> sure all the time when I'm going to get into until oh I get gosh. into it. But I'm pretty sure that the one that's labeled MPC, I'm guessing that's and a beat that was made by an MPC. Let's just go on a landing. <laughs> that might be the Muppet Production Company, <laughs> and it was a Swedish chef <laughs> it's who Swedish. actually is speaking Swedish. We all found this out Hardy recently. We thought that was gibberish. It was actually Swedish. Go for it. Was that offensive when I did Horde of Fear to Hear? Yeah, I, I didn't say it. Let I it, mean, let it be known that it was actually. Luxury. It was out of love. The Swedish <laughs> chef, one of the best, most beloved characters. Absolutely. What about Beaker? Okay. You found the MPC. Found the MPC. True story, when I was 12, one of my nicknames was Beaker. <laughs> Why would you tell me that? I'm not going to be able to unsee that now. <laughs> and I listen, I am not Bunsen Honeydew. And right oh. now, every Gen Z person has turned off because they're like, <laughs> I am not going to listen to my uncle talk about his childhood. <laughs> All right, let's you found listen. the NPC. <laughs> let's listen to the, mushroom, the Muppet Production The Muppet Company. Production Company. <laughs> Pretty basic stuff. That beat runs through the whole song. And that little stutter, boom. A little electro, right? A little craft work. Boom, boom. A little Arthur Baker. You could have a Vitalik track. It's hypnotic. You could have like a Felix the Housecat track with just that drum. That was sick. Like that I was, was really that was really room. fun. But no, they didn't do that. They wanted to knock a pop song out of the park. So what did they do? Well, then they added a little layer of sugar on top of that, a little percussion, which sounded like this. Little hi-hat, little dirty hi-hat there. So that's pretty much underlying the entire song. There's a little bit at the end where there's a ride cymbal. Yeah. And for the most part, though, that's your beat. And now here's your bass line. There's a little bit of a story behind the bass line that I'm going to tell. Okay. Let's listen first. It's pretty sick. I think you're going to like it. It's... That's not a keyboard? Is that not a keyboard? I think it might be layered now that I'm hearing it. I know that a bass is playing that. That sounds like somebody's fingers on keys. But it also is a filter. There's a type of pedal that as mm -hmm. a bass player, yeah. you can get all kinds of effects just like a guitar player. Okay. And this, there is one that I know of which sounds like that. So it's uh -huh. a common filter. It's really irritating. Like if you ever hear a bass player kick that in, it's like they're, it's either silly or they don't know that it's irritating. <laughs> but in this case, I think it's just funny, but it also cuts through the mix and it's just crazy sounding. It, it almost reminds me of Timberland's bass line and pony. It totally has that genuine, <laughs> like, 
Yeah. That exact same oh, yeah, well, flavor. Yeah, totally genuine to bet. And I, there was actually a TikTok trend where they were mashing up Genuine's Pony with the acapella of Toxic on top. No so you're way. dead on. You nailed it there. Ah, oh, man. If only you had thought of that trend, you would have been TikTok famous just like me. Chinese social media. Oh, Beat man. us to it again. But we need it. Don't say that too loud. Oh, no, no. We love you. Please, please have the algorithm help me. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing I should say about this is that um, an interesting phenomenon takes place when you're on the internet trying to delve through information about yeah. these stories. And one thing... And there's no misinformation out there's there. There's no I mean, You can believe everything you see. <laughs> the fact that we, we want to really impart on the show is that just if you see it on the internet, just believe it. Yes. Hook, line, and sinker. Absolutely. Apparently, I am single <laughs> and we're $10 million. What I learned, because of TikTok, is that there is more than one guy named Thomas Lindbergh who plays bass from Sweden. Because no way. <laughs> so I, their, their information is always getting <laughs> confused. Well, that's the story. So here's here's what I uh, when I posted that TikTok video about Britney Spears that got me 2.5 million views. And yeah. Overnight, like I had it went from literally it was my first video, yes. so I went from zero to fifty thousand followers. Insane. I had in my video mentioned that Thomas Lindbergh was the bass player. I also discovered that Thomas Lindbergh was a death metal vocalist named Goatspell, <laughs> whose band was called At the Gates. And I found footage of him and I put it in. Because for the storytelling, you know, it was like, wow, what a cool fact. A heavy metal bass player is also on this Britney Spears track. <laughs> Turned out not to be true. So you had little, but then you put out misinformation. You got very, you became big. The good news is that but I But then got, when you fact-checked yourself, you had to give all those followers back, I, So right? here's what happened. The fact-checking <laughs> happened for me when Thomas Lindbergh from At The Gates' uh -huh. wife emailed Aww. me. On Facebook. She probably saw him at home crying, and he was like, oh, not the geen. <laughs> Wait, is that your Swedish chef? Listen, I ain't trying to pick fight with no Scandinavian countries. <laughs> she was so generous and, and kind. She's like, look, you are not the first person to make this mistake. Yeah. Because the fact is, if you look online at all the sources, like both Wikipedia and all music, because I'm, I'm corroborating. I'm like yeah. not just picking the first Google result. I'm like making sure as much as I can, the facts are right. She's like, this happens all the time. No, listen, <laughs> I, 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 it's Tom, Tomas Lindbergh? Yes. I'm sorry. That's not a kind I'm sure the spelling is weird. Uh, well, there's Thomas with an H or no H. It's the Toma T O M A S Lindbergh. I guess it's common. I think it's how you spell it in Sweden. Dude. So all the Thomas Lindberghs in Sweden who play bass <laughs> are frequently they're, going they're, like get, get, get confused. They're guy, this confused. one's yours. You know, I'm not. I'm not showing up and and doing the like goat spell voice today. That's <laughs> not going to be me. But anyway, all this to say that I was like, do you want me to take it down? She's like, don't worry about it. Just put a comment up there. Yeah. To this day, I get comments constantly going, are you, it's not, it's not the same guy, is it? Or like, really, it's the same guy? And I'm like... And you're like, check the comment up there where I corrected tricky, myself. It's tricky, because as much as I want to be putting out 99.999% perfect information, I am doing my best, and there's just a limit to how... You can only do so much. You can only do so much. You can much. only do so much. So this is a plea. Be gentle in the <laughs> comments. When you see that we posted 1983 and it's really 1984, it's going to happen. Tolerate it. Tolerate your discomfort. One song preaches tolerance. <laughs> After the break, we'll be hearing Britney's untreated vocals and answering the eternal question, can she sing? When we come back.
Hey, this is Justin Richmond, host of the Broken Record Podcast. Join me along with co-host Leah Rose as we sit down with the artists you love to get unparalleled creative insight. You'll hear revealing interviews with some of the most legendary figures in music like Paul Simon, Usher, Pete Townsend, Damon Albarn of the Gorillaz, and Missy Elliott. And you'll hear from up-and-comers like jazz artist Leve, who told me about her fast rise to fame during the pandemic. Listen to Broken Record on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Hey, I'm Ruben. My band and I have a new song. I'm also a tow truck driver. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I get to go home at the end of the day and see my bandmates. When you see flashing lights, remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to one song. Before we get back into the song, I guess I want to pause for a second Let's and pause. consider Let's pause. Brittany. It's been breathless. Let's it's take been a, a breathless pause. show. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Let's consider Brittany's place in the pop pantheon because you know, do you think? I mean, she's in the yeah. pop pantheon, right? Like, there's for sure. There's nobody's list who doesn't have her. Uh, especially in the, in the last thirty century. years, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that my own personal relationship with Brittany is a little bit complicated because I am of an age that like. I wasn't really checking for teeny bopper stuff yeah. at that well, point. We you know were both I mean? in that age. It's true. When people were blasting Britney, I was probably blasting Slum Village. I was probably blasting, yeah. you know, uh, you know, DJ Premier produced, you know, tracks and. Uh, you were not reaching for, but, but but let's be let's be clear here because I think people forget or don't think about it until they're like, oh, obviously, like pop music is not intended for you unless you are a teenager. People yeah, do listen to it in their twenties. There are certain true. groups of people. For whom, like, certainly gay men, like, their pop star, but like, for the most part, if you're not a 13 year old girl, yeah, but you know, I mean, pop like, music's not I, will, for you. I will say this I always recognized that there was great songwriting taking place and that there was great showmanship. I'll, I'll tell you, when I got into Britney, when I got into Britney was yeah. when you know she was working with Pharrell, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm a slave for you, like. The music itself is like incredible. Yeah. There's some really innovative production stuff happening. Yeah. Which even if you're not like there for the lyrics about teen heartbreak or whatever, right. the music is in, is insanely good it, and innovative. It, it reminds me of you know probably 20 years early when Madonna was like reaching down into like you know club culture and totally. like yo give me Jelly Bean Benitez you know right. like and that sort of like era. But you know I was just a little bit I think I was a little bit too old to see it coming. By the time that Britney's the biggest pop star you know everybody the vmas only exist so that britney can get on stage and do something crazy like dance with a snake and kiss madonna on the lips like yeah i mean that was that was that period absolutely and it took this song for me to kind of like 
have it not just be something yes. that was happening in pop culture just that had it, nothing to do with right. my life because at that time you were listening to that and I was listening first of all I was starting to be my own band and artist mm-hmm. so I was sort of delving into things that were like on the level of like sort of indie rock stuff that I was do- I'd sort of go back and I was doing a lot of like thrift vinyl like dollar bin stuff and I would right. find really interesting rare commodities in there like heart records that nobody wanted anymore that I was like this is incredible <laughs> so that was my world musically I definitely was not tuning in Top 40 Radio, but as I mentioned, when I moved to L.A. to be a songwriter, this song, I think it had come out a few years earlier, but it was still considered amongst the songwriters in the circle. Like, you could, this is the best this possible is a, this song. Is best. And you know what? I think that's when pop Beat music this. is best. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we're talking about this song today, because we're talking about one of the biggest pop artists of the last 30 years. I think the best pop artists understand that the underground is not your enemy. The underground is your friend. And whether it's uh, Kelly Clarkson going to people and saying, hey, I want a song that sounds like The Strokes yeah. and then coming up with Since You've Been Gone or in this case, Britney reaching, you know, like saying like, hey, I want to work with these, you know, these, you know, Swedes who have like really weird musical ideas and I'm going to bring that into the pop mainstream. Right. I think that's when pop music works best. That, that's to- what makes it exciting. I think that's what Toxic is. It's, yeah. it's, it's pop reaching out into the weirdest corners right. of music and saying, you know, she's so popular, she can sell this to everybody. Well, we're going to get into how weird this track was in a minute, because that's actually a perfect con- connection to how this song came into being, because it almost wasn't. Yeah. Toxic almost wasn't. What? It almost wasn't. We almost had to live without Toxic? There was almost no Toxic. We're going to get into that in just a minute. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. So the part I want to get into next is the guitar, which okay. is uh, played by one of the co-writers. He gets songwriting credit. His name is Henrik Jan back. I'm actually not sure if the songwriting credit comes because he was in the room doing the entire thing or if it was just his guitar contribution. Because I do have to say one thing. In a minute, we're going to hear a couple of demos and you can kind of hear how the song progresses. The guitar line, which we're going to talk about in a minute, the surf guitar. Kind oh, of, I love that. Yeah, that's, that that's was fun. not in the original demos. Oh, no way. And it was one of those things that when you hear these original demos without it, you're like, this song is not complete. Yeah. But it's just one tiny piece of the entire whole. But it's such a crucial part of it. It's my, I don't know if he was given songwriting credit because that guitar line he came up with was so crucial to the final product. I, you could have told me it was a sample of like an old, like, what is it, Dick Dale? <laughs> Who's the guy who did all this? Well, stuff? we're going to talk about all that stuff because I love oh, these okay. connections. And also, I have some kind of fun outtakes that hopefully we'll have time for because he didn't get it right the first time. Okay. And him trying to find that guitar line is really fun to hear all the, oh, damn. All okay. the pre-takes. Well, let's hear the guitar clip. And I should point out that there's two distinct guitar parts. One is the acoustic the rhythmic acoustic part with nylon strings, it's kind of very of its era. In fact, when I hear it, I'm kind of scratching my head. Maybe you know. It feels like either a Justin Timberlake or a kind of a Neptunesy kind of thing. I'll play it for you. Let me know if this evokes any other song for you. Let's hear the guitar. This is Henrik Jonbach on guitar. Just feels very early 2000s. Oh, you, I, know what you, I, know, I know what song you're thinking about. Oh, pause it, pause it. You're thinking of... Down, da Just talk about down, da da Oh, yeah. I exactly got to know who Just in. It's the other day. Or something. Just something about you. When I'm looking at you, whatever. Keep looking at me. Well, that's funny that it's just, that's funny that it's just really like, like I love you. I love you. That's so funny that that's yeah. what it is, given that it this sounds, is Britney. It sounds like, which is a Neptune's track. Good right, call. right. It's funny, because like, hearing it by itself, my first thought was, you know, like, I'm a man, but I can't 
little beloved show. Like, is that, <laughs> is that the John Spencer? <laughs> Spencer, Spencer Davis? Davis. Spencer Davis. Spencer which Davis. Which was, uh, who's the lead singer of that? Steve that Winwood. is Stevie Winwood, age 16, Stevie I think. Stevie Winwood. St- little Stevie Winwood. <laughs> little, little Stevie Winwood. Can he that see? Is one of no, my that's all-time, another person. <laughs> that is one of my all-time favorite tracks it's a to, fun to track. DJ. Like, that's like at the end of the night, do, DJ. Do, 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 do. I'm right. a man. <laughs> So the part I want to play for you next is the all-important surf guitar line. But what's interesting is that when you hear it in the mix, it's preceded by this like really distorted, almost Metallica-like <laughs> guitar part, which you have to tolerate because it seamlessly goes into it. So here's okay. here's that combination, this one-two punch. <laughs> Why was that guitar so angry? <laughs> Wait, those those loud parts aren't in the song at all, though. They are. Whoa, they're in the song. <laughs> they are, and in I the just song. never noticed yeah. them there. You what are they buried under? Them. Are they it's, buried under drums? That's it. I'm a da 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 you. Here, I'll just play it. Let's hear it. Here it comes. Oh, it's so far down in the yeah, mix, though. But it's right I mean, there. Just, you would never. No, it was there. But That's you, what's always interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> at some point, do they, like, decide, well, it has to be in the mix, but it's going to be at a one and everything else is at a hundred. Yeah, these are the little details, especially as you're building Why the track. Why wouldn't you just mute it? Well, because you can't hear it. It adds a little bit of something. Yeah. And even though you didn't notice it, you you do hear it. There was that tingle in your spine. It's you a tingle know, in your spine. You it makes it was it, the drinks. It's a little angry. It's, it's angry. <laughs> it's aggressive. It's really, like, a distinct change from yeah. what came before it and what comes next which is I silent mean, it moment. makes sense in this song this is the soundtrack to getting turned away from Hyde on Sunset Boulevard in 2003 <laughs> it was like my friends the DJ it's like get out of here you didn't bring no girls <laughs> <laughs> what too personal okay <laughs> I think everyone can relate to that I story. like a good surf song yeah well, you know the problem with a lot of those surf songs is that there are no lyrics so like you'd have to go back in the day you'd have to go to like Amoeba Records or a record store and be like hey do you have that song that's like you know you just didn't no <laughs> you just lyrics sing the melody line well who decided surfers didn't want lyrics on those twangy guitar songs I don't know the origin of that that's a great question we'll find Let's out stop the show and find out we'll find out when we have Dick Dale on the show <laughs> So there's two really cool connections happening here. This is obviously, as we've been talking about, evocative yeah. of this late 50s, early 60s kind of California surf rock sound, yeah. which kind of has its origin with, there's a handful of people that are the progenitors. You mentioned Dick Dale. Dick Dale, Link Ray. Yeah. And, is um, Link Ray a man or is it a band? It's a guy. Okay. <laughs> Link Ray. Link Ray, great name. Man, right? his parents. <laughs> That's freaking cool. I like to think it was Faye Ray was his mom. Could have been. Could have been. He <laughs> talks anyway. about he talks about King Kong all the time, but it's just buried in the mix so you can't hear it. Link. I'm going to name my child Link. All right, go ahead. So the connection between surf rock and James Bond is an interesting one because these are both happening oh, at the yeah, same I think time. there's some similarities there. And sonically, what's going on is the same idea. It's sort of usually the lowest string of the guitar. It's got a lot of reverb on it. And it's usually playing like a one-note melody. So I'll play you a couple of examples. I'd love to. We'll start with the surf rock. And here's the iconic from... Pulp Fiction. This is Dick Dale's Miserlou. I can't stop listening to the song. 
But ASCAP wants you to stop playing it. All right. Thank you, ASCAP. <laughs> you know what's crazy about that is like the lyrics of that song, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but and you're like, oh man, they're not they're not really trying that hard. But then I think about Lil Uzi Vert's uh, I just wanna rock, where it's just I just wanna rock. <laughs> like it's like the, kind of the same thing. Oh, Everything old is just coming back, guys. You don't need that many lyrics. <laughs> you don't need that many lyrics. No? Let me play you one more. This is Pipeline. Melody. They didn't want their drummer to do too much, and I appreciate it. Ride cymbal, reverb, a lot of ambiance. I've heard that song so many times. It's funny. I've heard that was... song so many times yeah. I didn't know what it was called. Right. So if nothing else, and thank it's... you. It's a, it's covered by a lot of bands, The Ventures, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. Yeah, and um, what's interesting is I was just listening to it. Is it? I realized that it evoked another kind of contemporary song of that era that also uses like a surf guitar line, but it also uses that. I'll play it yeah. for you and tell me if you hear the okay. the connection to Toxic. I feel a premonition. That gonna make me fall. Yeah. Listen. Ah. Well, again, the surf guitar part is cool. Until you did that thing with your hand, I did not ever hear uh, that. Connection it's it's to so pipeline. funny how some things are so way down in the mix. Yeah. Um, how does all that connect to James Bond? I kind of know how it connects to James Bond. <laughs> And well, to uh, yeah. and to what was the uh, what was Peter Gunn? It was a theme from Peter oh, Gunn. Oh yeah, all those. So what? For some reason, it's probably because of the choice to use it in yeah. the iconic James Bond theme. Mm -hmm. It becomes kind of a symbol of spyness. So simple, but delicious. So I got to say real quick that, um, you know, obviously I love John Williams and Hans Zimmer, but I think sort of the unforgotten genius of movie music is John Barry. Um, the theme song, the, the, the soundtracks, if you will, to Disney's The Black Hole, as well as the James Bond sort of forgotten classic in my eyes, The Living Daylights, the score that oh, John wow. Barry did for The Living Daylights. Those are two of my favorite records of all time. The Black Hole. You just yeah. like evoked a memory. No, it's, go back and listen to it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Wow. One other thing I want to say about spy music before we move on is that, yes, I feel like this was just the technology. This was like the guitar sound of the moment when spies and surfers were both getting into <laughs> like that sound. Yeah. It's the same way I always feel like how disco, if you go back and look at the very first uh, Star Wars trilogy, mm -hmm. and you think about how disco was really spacey at the time, well, I think some of that had to do with the fact that Star Wars was such a huge phenomenon yeah. that everybody was trying to graft on. So like, all and discos are dark, so they kind of meshed well together. The same way, you know, science fiction from the late 70s and early 80s sounds very disco. Right. Like, I feel like, that's the same thing with like spies and surf music. That's a cool connection. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. But seriously, I, I just think John Barry's a genius, and I and that's obviously an iconic song. Right, and so that's an arrangement, a John Barry arrangement. It's actually written by a guy called Monty Norman. Oh no! Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> okay. Mr. Norman. I thought it was John Barry. <laughs> Mr. Norman appreciates your apology, but he says it's unnecessary. <laughs> Is he alive? He's he's in the back of my ear. His and estate. His I estate sense him. Says it's not. Necessary. His, his estate is very generous. Estate. Uh, it's just happy to be talked about. Let's face it. <laughs> John Barry usually is in front. He's saying, "Go back there, no, John Norman. Barry's, John Barry's brilliant without having written that one. Yeah. There's a kind of fun foreshadowing connection. It's a bit crazy. We're, in a minute, going to get into the core sample of this song. Yeah, I want to talk about that We're going to talk about that. It's very, yeah. it's very interesting. It's the core sort of sound sonically. It brings us to India. And there's another Indian connection connected 
to the surf to spy movement that we just went through. Okay. And it's the fact that Marty Norman, who wrote the James Bond theme, was actually interpolating himself. He had an unused piece of music lying around, which was published later, and I'm going to play it for you. But this is what he ripped off from himself, and it's an ind- it's based on an Indian raga. So no way. I'm trying to keep track. I of all take these back my apology, Monty. <laughs> You're just going over to other continents and stealing so, music. So annoying. <laughs> so this is the work that Monty Norman wrote that later he turned into the James Bond theme, and I think okay. you'll hear the connection pretty Uh-oh. quickly. I was born with this unlucky sneeze, and what is worse, I came into the world the wrong all right, way. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> that, that song took a turn. <laughs> I did, why is he singing in English for the record? Why, why did that happen? So this, the well, I guess I guess India actual, had a relationship with the English. The actual a re- very toxic relationship. <laughs> With the English, if I may. <laughs> to be fair, the actual recording we just heard was he went back years later and mm. recently recorded that. Oh, so okay. with right. the self-awareness of it having gone through yeah. the James Bond thing, there may have been tweaks made to dial up the James Bond. But the fact is that there is a surf. I'm confused by it too, but there's an Indian connection to that surf to spy connection already. Yeah. Even before we get to the sample in this song, which will make it all the more explicit. Amazing. I want to get into the sample right. in Toxic. This Britney Spears song has a very prominent Indian sample. And I feel like hip-hop had been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. You have Big Pimpin' uh, by Jay-Z. You have Beware of the Boys with Jay-Z and Punjabi MC. It was like right. a really big song in this year, 2003. Yeah, exactly. And then there's also um, Missy Elliott's... Uh, uh, Get Your Freak oh, On right. is oh also God. an Indian sample. So I totally feel like hip-hop had been using Indian samples. Addicted, which is one of my very favorite songs, um, you know, features the rock hymn verse, also an Indian sample. Can you tell us about this Indian sample? Let's get into this Indian sample. I'm going to play it for you right now, and um, I'll show you how it was transformed from the original. It's really interesting. Yeah. So the sample comes from a song called Tiri Miri Beach Mean, which was in a film called... Achi du J.K. Lie. And that is from 1981. And uh, I'm going to play it for you now in the original form. And there you can hear her singing. Ooh, that's kind of hot. I understand. <laughs> I mean, hot. like, I think if you're fortunate enough to have uh, access to music that sounds like that, I can see why you'd be like, Ooh, I'm just going to put a beat under this. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of two different pieces they use. Here's the other one. That sounds so cool. I'm sorry. Can you give me a little bit before the sample comes in? I just want to see how that sample came in. Yeah, you got it. Here it comes. You know, I'm going to say something controversial. Some of my absolute favorite samples are when you find like them super clean strings. Yeah. Like that shit, ah, it just just gives you chills. Yeah, it gives you chills and it's such a weird, eerie melody. It's eerie. And And by the way, the people listening to this on podcast can't really appreciate this, but like go try and find this clip on YouTube because I'm watching the visual that goes with it. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I want to watch this movie. I kind of want to watch this movie. It's it's kind of like like, there's. How is this song even justified in that moment? I don't even know. The movie 
seems like it's got some connections to what the song Toxic is about. There's like a love <laughs> affair. There's like mystery. And I love it how these two samples are from different parts of the song, but they're merged together yes. to have that low, high. Those are from completely yeah, different parts they, of the they, original. Totally. They, and yet they, the way that they were put together, they sound like they went together. Yeah. The, honestly, you can't, the, un, you can't not... They seem very naturally like they fit. This is one of those few times I love seeing the sausage come together because that is like actual sausage. That like is some good like sausage. they are taking some yeah. some meat from over here. No, it's and an apt metaphor meat from over here, and it doesn't even go together, and yet it really fits together. The only way I'm actually the only and the only way that I'm actually uh, disappointed is that in a part of my brain I would love it if like Brittany was the person watching like this weird Indian movie and she was like you know like oh yeah you know and then she saw like oh that would go with Terry Mary Beach Mean you know like, <laughs> like I wish that was the story that we had to tell you but no it was the Swedes the Swedes are it was Bloodshine of who had the brilliant idea to merge those two samples in the way that they did and by the way there's some complexity to it because I don't know if you could tell from that playing it took me a bunch of listens to hear but it's they had to sort of reverse some of the notes Notes to piece it all together. Yeah. And in the mix, and I'll play this for you now in the song, it was recreated. Parts of that melody were also recreated by a string orchestra. So what is actually a sample in the song and what is actually the recreated or interpolated? Thank you. You got there first. It's I'm catchy. So proud of it's you. catchy. Is I can't even talk about interpolation around people without whispering. <laughs> I'm so glad. It seems I had wrong that effect. To be, oh, interpolation. Like people smack you. Shut them down. There's a right way and a wrong way. <laughs> So let's hear it all together in the mix, how that sample gets transformed in the mix. by Bloodshine and Avant to be the backbone of Toxic by Britney Spears. Yep. I'm blown away that that's two different samples when it sounded so cohesive. All right, now we've come to a part of the show I've been waiting breathlessly for. I, I want to hear the vocals. I want to hear Britney Jean Spears' untreated <laughs> vocals. I am here to deliver that play to you. Play me those vocals, and we're going to talk on the other side of it. First, I'm going to play it, and then we're going to talk about it. That's the sequence we're going to do it. Let's ready. Are you ready? I thought that's what I said. <laughs> okay. let's, let's, let's do it. <laughs> you seem surprised when I fed back your words to you. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. Oh, the taste of your lips, I'm on a what ride. was that? <laughs> You're toxic, I'm slipping away. What was that in the beginning? Poison paradise. I'm addicted to you. Don't you know that you're toxic? Blake, luxury yeah, Robin. Uh, you had a reaction can you, to Can you now. play that again for me? Just play it from the exact place you played it before. I, 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 I want to hear if I heard something correct. Just from the exact place you played it before. Can I hear ready? it again? Are you ready? Yes. Here it comes. <laughs> Pause it. I don't think the human that voice can sound? do that. What is that first you sound? That first sound? It sounds like a record player starting up. Did they put her voice on acetate and then hit play on the record? Like, <laughs> I'm not even being sarcastic. Let's do some musicological archaeology together. That's not natural. So Britney Spears is famous as a vocalist, not for being like the Shaka Khan. Like no, she, no, no. She has. No, way, no, no, I don't think everybody the has characters. to be Shaka Khan. She has a lot of interesting sonic, like sounds she makes and characters. There's the famous vocal fry. There's all these things she does that are around the singing of the notes. Okay, I'm, but you do, you do understand you know, why that sounds artificial, like that. I don't think her voice did that. Maybe it did. 
Maybe it did. Here's my other There's thing. There's a limit to what we can know. No, in this I know. Room. But do we have, because that's still, obviously, that's several voices layered. That's several Britney voices. Do we have, like, just a clean take of what she sounded like when she sang it in the booth with nothing on it? I'm just curious. The if true, we don't, the, it's okay. The, the true answer is I'd have to go through those 300 files, files that I to mentioned find before. It. Also, 100 of them are vocal. That is like about four Britney takes layered over each other, right? So that's four Britney takes, and it's actually not the complete chorus. Let me play that for you, because in the mix on the final version, not only is there Britney Jean Spears, mm -hmm. but there's also <laughs> Kathy Dennis. Kathy Dennis being, of course, the lyricist and melody writer of, of the song. Did she do the demo? She did the demo, and her vocals are still on the final version, oh, wow. along with two other background singers. <laughs> so let's okay. hear the mix of all of them okay. together. Yep. You're toxic, I'm slipping under. Taste of a poison paradise. I'm addicted to you. Don't you know that you're toxic? So I'm wow, gonna play I, some I of hear, those. I can hear those different voices. You can hear some of those different yeah, voices. Yeah, like, like there's somebody who's who does a very good deep voice in there. I'm gonna play some of those isolated and then put them back in the oh, mix so you can oh. isolate them. So here's Kathy Dennis, the uh, co-writer of the song, and this is her demo vocal again, still in the final version of the song, and you're hearing this. You're toxic. I'm slipping under. The taste of a poison. That's just Kathy. That's just Kathy. And let me put Kathy and Brittany back together. See if you can follow both of them separately in your in your head as you hear them together. You're toxic, I'm slipping under the taste of a poison paradise. It's a little tricky to kind of untangle them. Sorry, can I hear Kathy's again? You're toxic, I'm slipping under the taste of a poison paradise. You know what's funny, and this is to give props to Brittany, uh, there is something that she's doing with her vocals. It's just like a spice, but yeah. it's like the spice that makes the meal. Yeah. It's what makes it, it's Britney. You know, like, and I can't do that. That's what that I was kind thing, of saying before about the there. different kind of characters that she, she is. She puts a she's character on the vocal. It's she's, kind of an acting an job, actress. right? She's an actress. Yeah. I always say, like, I don't even fault people for doing, like, you know, all the tricks in the computer and the auto-tune yeah. and all that. Because I love T-Pain. And I've been very clear about this from the very beginning. <laughs> That's his character. Yeah. <laughs> when did I get so adamant the about T-Pain? The auto-tune is his but character. I've, very, I've heard T-Pain sing without it, and he has an amazing voice. Yeah. And yet, honestly, anybody who ever has ever used uh, auto-tune knows you have to kind of sing it out of tune for auto-tune to do its thing. To pick it up, yeah. So it's it's really, you almost have to be able to sing to use auto-tune. It's yeah. like you have to be a very good actor to do bad acting. That's true. It's, it's kind of crazy. There's actually one more voice in the mix I'll okay. play for you. It's Emma Holgren. Okay. And uh, here's what she sounds like on her own. And then we'll just put them all back together and yeah, see if you can... Like. Thought experiment. Can you, once I put them back together, <laughs> hear each of these three individual voices? Well, it's, you don't it's know that their do. thoughts. That wasn't nice. You're toxic, I'm slipping under the taste of a poison paradise. You know what I hear in that? Is I hear Emma doing the deep voice? I, she's exclusively what I just played. Oh, she's doing all that? And what I hear just now is a Swedish person singing, because that sounded like oh, a Swedish, play it again. Play little it again. Swedish accent. Let's hear the Swedish accent. You're toxic, I'm slipping under Ooh. the taste of a poison paradise. <laughs> yeah. It's very subtle, yeah, but it's there, it right? The paradise. Yeah, yeah, it's very subtle. So let's bring her back in She's with... Like, I'm going to give it to you with just Kathy and Emma together, and then I'll do one more after this with everybody. So here's Emma with Kathy. You're toxic, I'm slipping under the taste of a poison paradise. I'm addicted to you. So now you can kind of start to identify the little quirks of each yeah. of their voices. And here it is again with, with all three of them. One last time. But no Britney? 
This is Brittany with Emma, Emma and, and Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> You're toxic, I'm slipping under. The taste of a poison paradise. I'm addicted to you. Don't you know that you're toxic? The part of the beauty of like mixing music is that simultaneously, it's kind of like that guitar part earlier on. All of these elements have their place. And if you take any of them out, it, it changes the overall effect. Yeah. I had no idea that there were that many voices right? on the track. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate. There okay. are going to be listeners to the podcast who are going to say, hey, you know, does she deserve to be called a singer when there has to be that many other singers singing the track? Your yeah. reply. You know, I think sometimes, you know, you've got to do the sort of Wizard of Oz, don't look at the man <laughs> behind the curtain. The right. fact of the matter is the way pop music is made yes. is that there are a group of people that are fine-tuning every single element yep. to perfection. And the goal for the pop singer is less to be considered part of the creative process the way you might assume, you know, the Beatles are in a room and they're contributing or whatever it is, like kind of yeah. a more artistic, artistic musical project. Britney's goal is to get up there and be a performer in front of people singing and her love, her first love is performing and singing. Right. And it's just not in her skill set, in her wheelhouse to be well, I, a writer. Yeah, I actually just So I would for, I would forgive yeah. her lack of a contribution directly to the writing process as just being part and parcel of being in the pop. Well to be music clear, machine. we're talking about the singing right now like we're talking about like you're making the distinction between singing yeah, and writing yeah i'm making a distinction between the singing and the writing because you know some people like you know you can go to name name your absolute best you can go to Aretha Franklin and say hey i wrote this song yeah. will you sing it we're only talking about the singing but i'm actually going to okay. agree with you that in a way Britney Spears whether she, we don't i don't think any of us are saying she sings like Chaka Khan right. but i think that you can say that she is the embodiment of the final thing. She's yeah. the embodiment of the final concept of what Britney Spears you know, means. And I, when I look and I and I talk to, you know, Britney Spears, I, I have people in my life who are huge Britney Spears fans. What she was able to embody and yeah. what she was able to get up on stage and do the stuff with the snake and do the stuff that <laughs> right. was crazy for That's the right. times that it was coming dancing. out with. Her dancing you know, is she amazing. Was the, she was the face of the thing. And I think that that's what we have to absolutely give her credit it's for. It's tricky stuff because I don't want to sound like I am being an apologist for, first of all, the machinery of like, <laughs> you know, pop culture, yeah. which has its share of problems. But at the same time, I think it's going to be a case-by-case -case basis. Like, the Britney situation is going to be different from the Rihanna situation, is going to be different from the Beyonce situation. All of these artists kind of want different things and have different skills and are in different situations. What they share is that in pop music, you need to just at some point be ready to eat the apple and have the knowledge <laughs> that what you thought was happening a certain way is not. There's a group of people, there's stylists and makeup artists, there's all kinds of artifice behind what we appear to us seems just like art until you kind of realize, well, there's kind of a mix going on here. There's kind of a mix. There's kind of a mix. I'm going to take it a step further. I think she's like Batman. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think she's bigger than a person, you know? Uh, <laughs> she represents an idea, though. I think that's a really good analogy. So before we close out with Britney Spears and Toxic, I want to ask you, Diallo, quick yeah. question. It's been, if you can believe it, it's been nearly a quarter century since Britney Spears came Dang. on the scene, which <laughs> is crazy. Old, yeah, totally. That first song, that first Max Martin produced, as we were talking about, Hit yeah. Me Baby One More Time. It's actually Baby One More Time. Yeah, you don't want to say Hit Me Baby. You don't want to say the Hit Me part. Yeah. How do you think... Britney Spears has changed pop music. That's interesting. I I guess, you know what? She did change uh, pop music by 
how she was put out there and how she uh, handled it while she was out there. Uh, I think a lot of it is timing. Mm-hmm. You know, she came along when everybody seemed really ready to dive into this world of celebrity that's out there. But I also think to a certain extent, she rode a wave of change. You know what I mean? Like, that's a good I do way to feel put it, like, yeah. yeah, I feel like, you know, we've talked on the show about everything from Nirvana uh, to Missy Elliott. Like, they're, they're agents of great change. I don't know that she is an agent of change so much as she is representative of. Uh, and an amazing representative. She's a representative of a certain generation that came of age with her. Yeah, and they sort of followed, you know, that wave of change as with a, her, almost as a person more than as a singer. I would say there's her cult, not yeah. cult of personality is the wrong way to put it, but Britney Spears feels like she was a very important person to a generation mm-hmm. for all of the reasons, all the skills, all the stories. All the you know paparazzi stuff, her story and the conservatorship, she made an impact on a lot of people's lives. And the yeah. music was one piece of it. There was the music, there was the videos, the dancing, the yeah. live performances. But almost it was, the, almo- it was almost like the stems you played for us today. Yeah. It took all those different <laughs> elements to create the song. Yeah, and it took all those different parts of her life to create this thing that is Britney Spears. And it means, to this day means, she means so much to so many people. Yeah. Because of all of these things. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, you know, like, obviously she's, like anybody in the in the public eye, as much as she was, she's had a lot of ups and downs, but I think that the reason why so many people continue to support her and love her is because, at the end of the day, it's Britney, bitch. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> All right, Luxury, help me in this thing. Well, I am producer, DJ, and songwriter, Luxury. And I am actor, writer, director, and sometimes DJ, Diallo Rill. And this is one song. We'll see you next time. Guys, if you like the show, follow us on Instagram. Yes. Tell us if you, there's a song you want us to cover. Yeah. If you have any comments or questions about the episode you just heard, I am at Luxury, L-U-X-X-U-R-Y on Instagram, and I'm at LuxuryXX. That's L-U-X-X-U-R-Y-X-X on TikTok. <laughs> and this gentleman I over love here. It. Yeah, and I'm Diallo Riddle. Uh, you can find me at Diallo Riddle on TikTok and at Diallo on Instagram. And we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the show. Stay tuned next week for more One Song, and we'll see you then. This episode was produced by Matthew Nelson and Jordan Colley. With engineering from Marcus Hahn. Additional production support from Leslie Guam. And Charles Childers, Alicia Shimada. The show's executive produced by Kevin Hart. Ty Randolph, Mike Stein. Go Braves. Brian Smiley, Eric Eddings, and Eric Weil. Hey, that almost sounded like a surf guitar. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie, and uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
When slayed creatures return to the land of the living, it's up to a band of unlikely heroes to re-slay them. Welcome to the Re-Slayer's Take. From the fantasy world of Critical Role, join Jasmine Bular, Jasmine Chung, Jasper Cartwright, and Caroline Lux alongside us, Game Masters Nick Williams and George Primavera, in a tabletop role-playing audio adventure using Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Adventure awaits in the Re-Slayer's Take. New episodes drop weekly on Mondays wherever you stream your podcasts.